prayer um, for uh, Brother Dylan and Sister Tori. Can you turn this down just a little bit? This thing is hot up here. Thank you. Um, so, as of this morning, Candace talked to Tori and... Um, all right, there we go. Um, they, they started... The, the main concern right now is that the, the pressure of the fluid in Dylan's brain plus his blood pressure um, have been much higher than where they need it to be and to what they can treat at the moment. So they started a new medicine last night, and Tori said, as of this morning, the pressures have come down. So praise the Lord for that. Um, it's, everything is still a work in progress. Um, nothing, is, um, nothing is set in stone yet. They're still just trying to figure some stuff out. So I, I would urge you to keep uh, Dylan in your prayers. Um, I, I would urge you to make a separate matter, matter of prayer, praying for Tori. Um, I cannot imagine the physical and emotional stress that she's going through right now. Um, man, she, the thing that's been so cool to see is how her faith has been in the Lord this entire time. Um, and, and everything, you know, in all the communications I've seen, it's not just something she's doing on Facebook, but in all the communications I've seen, she's been giving God glory through everything. Man, which I don't know if you know this or not, but that's not a very common thing anymore. Um, it's really easy to give God praise when they get good news, but Tori's giving them praise, good news or bad news. So, man, keep her in prayer um, mentally, physically, with everything going on. Her just, you know, the, them announcing she's pregnant. Um, man, just pray that God would just put a special hedge of protection around her and around Dylan. Um, Lolly's with us this morning. She brought the kids back yesterday. Man, pray for them. I, I don't know what all they they know but man the less they know the better so i would that's why we didn't say anything earlier um man they let, let's just make sure when they're around that you know we're not we're not mentioning anything talking about anything because the less they know the better um so um i'm thankful um I'll be, I'll be completely transparent with you i kind of felt a certain way about preaching this morning because dylan was supposed to preach um and, you know, the whole situation, everything going on there, um, I, I'll tell you, some big shoes to fill. Um, if you got your Bible, open up to uh, Romans chapter 13. We're going to be in Romans chapter 13, going to be starting in verse 8. We were, um, I, was, I was rolling in on two wheels this morning trying to get these outlines out. Uh, Candace always gives me a hard time because the last two or three times I've preached, she's like, hey, you did a great job, but your outline made zero sense at all. Just to let you know, I couldn't follow along with anything. Um, and then when multiple people started saying it, I was like, all right, maybe, you know, maybe she's on to something. Um, so when we did the back to, school, back to school retreat in August, Candace, I, I did my message and everything, and then Candace pulled the outline from it. Um, so it went good. I did this, so if it's bad, it's all me. I'm so sorry. If it's hard to follow, it is what it is at this point. Um, I'm going to be in Romans chapter 13, and I, I have a hard time. I know some guys are big with alliteration, and some guys are big with titling things. I struggle with that really bad, and if I had, there's a title at the top of this. It's about time. Um, what I want to look at today, uh, Romans chapter 13, starting in verse 8 down to verse 14. The Bible says, Owe no man anything. But to love one another, for he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. 
For this thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, thou shalt not covet, and if there be any commandment, it is briefly comprehended in this saying, namely, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Love worketh no ill to his neighbor, therefore love is the fulfilling of the law, and that knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now, it is, our salva- now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand, let us therefore, let us therefore, cast off works of darkness and let us be put on the armor of light. Verse 13, let us walk honestly uh, as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ, or put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision of the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Um, what I want to talk to you about this morning, um, first off, when, when it comes to looking at a text, I'm, I'm, I love knowing the backup of it, like the history of, of how we got here, where we're at. And the book of Romans, just like all the other letters that Paul's written, is a letter to the church that is currently at Rome. Now, Paul wrote this. He was on his third missionary journey, and he's in Corinth at the moment, and he's writing to the Romans. Now, one really different thing about this letter is that Paul never physically met them at this point. Paul had never been to the church. The Bible doesn't necessarily say how the church in Rome was started, but typically when Paul writes a letter to a church, Paul is writing them to say, hey, all right, look, you're doing this good. You're doing this okay. You really need to work on this. Well, this letter is a lot different than the other letters. Paul is writing to them, and Paul is encouraging them to keep doing in what they're doing. Paul is encouraging them to keep rooted in the faith and to keep pushing forward with the things that they're doing. Now, one thing that's happening, so here in these verses, Paul is dealing, this should be your first blank if I did this correctly. Um, Paul is dealing with a human condition, carnality, and and what he's addressing. Um, The key thing that Paul's trying to make known is that the Christian life, or the key to the Christian life is love one for another. Um, what we're going to do right quick, we're going to pray, and, and man, we're just going to pray that the Lord bless us this morning. We're going to hop right back in here. Heavenly Father, Lord, we, we come to you this morning, God, and we just thank you, Lord, for the opportunity and privilege to be in your house this morning. Lord, we thank you, God, for the ones that are faithful to be here, God, and the ones that wish they could. Lord, I, I pray that this morning you just bless the preaching of your word. God, I pray that you would just use this time, God, to minister to our hearts through your spirit. Lord, I pray that you would be with Dylan and Tori this morning, God. I pray just a special hedge of protection around them, Lord. God, I pray that in just in a mighty way that you would continue to make yourself known to them through all this, Lord. I pray that you would continue to give the doctors wisdoms, wisdom as they, as they fight this infection, Lord, and as they try to get the uh, pressure levels regulated, God. I pray that you would just continue to help and to bless, Lord. I pray that once all this is said and done, God, that you would have received all the glory out of this, Lord, and that your light would shine through them onto the other people, Lord, that they're there and able to minister to. God, I pray that you would just use them in this situation, God, to make yourself known to them. Lord, I pray this morning that you would just touch Lee as he, as he preaches this week, God. I pray that you would use him in a mighty way. And I pray, Lord, that in everything that he does, God, that you'd preach him in the power of his calling and that the desire of his heart, Lord, would be to bring you glory and to see you high and lifted up. Lord, we thank you, God, for all these things. We thank you, Lord, for just being faithful, God, and, and being who you are, Lord, despite how carnal and how sinful we are, God. We thank you, Lord, for loving us despite our nature. Lord, we love you, and we thank you, God, for all these things. In your name we pray. Amen. Now, one thing that we see 
So what Paul is trying to lay out, and Paul is making very clear, and, and, and not to jump ahead, but what we're going to see, man, is the, the, the principle that Paul is trying to nail down here is that love is the key. Um, verse 8 says, Owe no man anything but love to one another, for he that loveth hath fulfilled the law. Man, that, that phrase, he that loveth hath fulfilled the law, is pretty unique. Romans 8 verse 2 says, for the law of the Spirit and life in Christ Jesus had made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, and that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Now we know um, that under the guise of our flesh that we could never fulfill or live up to the law. Amen? The law was a standard that we could not meet. We, there, is, there is nobody in this world that's ever been perfect outside of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen? Now, having known that, Paul is still writing saying, look, love to one another. This love is what fulfills the law. Now, the only way that that love can fulfill the law is through Christ Jesus. The only way possible because we are flawed. We are imperfect. Uh, Good Lord knows there is not a single day that goes by that I do not sin in, in some form. Um, and, and it'll never be the case. Because, man, as long as we live in this flesh, our flesh desires the things of this world. And as long as we are in this body, our body is going to fight against the things of the Spirit. And the crazy thing is, is that he's given us out, uh, he's given us a way out of that. Now, but through the sacrifice that Christ made, we can now fulfill the law in him. And ultimately what it comes down to, and if, man, if we read this with a heart that is, is desiring to discern what God has, ultimately it comes down to how much you truly love the Lord. Because for he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. The thing is, when it comes to loving one another, you cannot love somebody else in the true capacity of what love means until you know the love of the Father. You cannot love until you've been shown love. And our ability to show love to the world comes from how we fellowship with the Father. It's all about showing and understanding the love that the Father has for us through our actions. Um, just, just for an example, uh, can you turn this down just a little bit, Chandler? That thing is so loud up here. Um, just for an example, everything that, that Tori and Dylan, man, are currently going through, it would be super, super easy for Tori to be super bitter and to get angry toward God for everything that's going on. It's super easy in our flesh, man, when things don't go the way that we think they should or thing, things don't go the way that we expect them to. It's super easy for us to get bitter and, and put up this stone wall and get in this, this stronghold against God and say, you know what, no, I'm not going to do that. But the deal is, is that the love that we receive from Christ... If we display that to others, that's how a difference is made. That, that's where the difference comes from. Romans 13, verse 9 says, For this thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, thou shalt not covet. And if there be any other commandment, it is briefly comprehended in this saying, namely, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Man, this is super simple. We're talking about this law being fulfilled through love and and right here, he's listing these first off, don't commit adultery, don't kill, don't steal, don't bear false witness, um, don't covet, man, don't desire everybody else's stuff. But the next thing that he says is these can all be fulfilled under one. 
All of these can be fulfilled if we love our neighbor as ourselves. Because to truly understand what that means, you have to understand what love legitimately is. And the love that we get from our Father has no exception. Right? When, when, when God saves us and the love that God has for us, there is nothing that I can do that is going to turn away the love of God. There is no sin that I can commit that God is going to say, you know what, son, I don't, I don't love you anymore. And in our daily actions, that's the love that we have to resonate to the world. That's the love that has to be lived out through our actions to other people because without that, there's, nothing, there's no difference between me and somebody, some lost person in the world. Right? We know that just because we're saved, it doesn't make us better than anybody else. But the love that we have and the actions that we commit through that love, that's what makes it, that's what shows somebody there's a difference from somebody that's been born again and from somebody that has not. Now, Paul is telling us if you love your neighbor, that you're not going to desire to do these things against them. And typically, I believe this is your next blank, we typically love ourselves much better than we love others, right? Super easy. Um, when, when me and Candace first started dating, and, and especially after we got married, um, you know the deal, you know, you, you got a sandwich, you're splitting it with somebody, you cut it in half, you always take the bigger half for yourself, you know that, don't, I know I'm not the only one that's done that, don't, don't, don't y'all just, don't just stare at me like I'm, I'm speaking a foreign language, I know everybody's done that, man, you, you, you take that sandwich, you cut it down a half, right down the middle, but one part's slightly bigger than the other, what do you do, you're not going to give the other person a bigger half, you're going to take the bigger half, why? Well, because you want what you want. You want the better thing for you. But man, what, what Paul's laying out here, if you truly love your neighbor as you love yourself, all of these things are not going to be an issue and you're going to do unto your neighbor as you want to have done unto you. You're going to give them the bigger half of the sandwich. Right? I, I know that's cheesy, man, but it, it's, a, it's a great illustration because... The way that we look at life, man, the way that we look at things, we look at things through such a carnal lens. Even after salvation, we look at things in a certain way that, man, it's still, it's still about me. But if we've been saved and if we've been born again, man, it's not about us. The life that we live, we now live through Christ. The life that we now live, we live by the faith of God, or we live by the faith of Jesus Christ, and we live in the resurrection of Jesus, and it's not about us anymore. It's not about us getting recognition. It's not about us getting glory. It's not about us doing this and, and getting these awards and some kind of merit that we, that we deem that if I have this, man, this is what I'm striving for. It's not about any of that. Once we've been born again, and, and if we're displaying this love, our actions are not going to be, um, we're not going to be the main focus of our actions. If we're doing this and if we are truly showing the love that Christ has given us, man, when, when we're interacting with other people, our focus is going to be them. We, we say it just about every week in prayer room, man. When we come here to the church, when we come as a local body, this is not, this is not what it's about. This is the recharging station. This is where we come to be with like-minded believers, and we come together to assemble ourselves before God and recharge and refuel because out there is what it's about. The world is what it's about. The lost and dying world that wants nothing to do with God, the world that is, is so heavily and so quickly turning away from God, that's what it's about. That's where it's for. That's where this love makes a difference. John uh, chapter 13, verse 34 says, A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also 
love one another. Verse 35 says, By this all men know that ye are my disciples, if, if, ye have one, if ye have love one to another. Jesus said the world will know that you're different and that you're my disciples if you love one another. I, uh, I, I, I love to watch apologetics videos. And um, there's, this, there's this guy, I don't, I, to be honest, I don't know his name, but he's a, he's a college professor. And every day in between classes and whatever free time he has, he's there and he's witnessing to people. Man, he is, he is giving the gospel and, and people come up and, man, people ask, you know, the, they ask these questions trying to get him in a trap because they're trying to trap him in his own words and trying to get him to admit that, or trying to, to get him to say that God's not real. And they're trying to do all these things to him, but, man, the love that this gentleman has just outflowing to everybody. He doesn't get mad. He doesn't give in. He doesn't give up. All he does is he continually shows the gospel and the love of Christ to these people, and he's showing it to them through their actions. And there was a video the other day, this guy, he, um, he came up, and he was, he was asking this question, and it was a, it was a Muslim man, and... and he said, look, he said, it's no secret. He said, I do not believe in the God that you serve. He said, but one thing different I see is he said that the love that you have for people, I've never met anybody else in my life that has the love for people that you have. He said, people that continually come up here and they mock you and they yell at you and they curse at you and they spit at you, he said, the love that you show them is different from anything that I've ever seen. Jesus said it himself. End of John 13, 35, by this all men know that ye are my disciples. The love that we show to people is what's going to show people that there's something different. Now, one thing that that must mean, man, the one thing that comes to my mind is that it must mean that it's hard to find love outside of Christ. We live in a world that everything they try to make subjective. Because if there is no objective truth or if there is no objective reality or anything like that, then there's no right or wrong. If there is no objective sense of morality, then people like Adolf Hitler did nothing wrong. If there is no objective level of right and wrong, then all these people through history that have, you know, mass murderers and people that have committed genocide and all these things, there's no wrong. Because if everything's subjective, every man can do what's right in their own eyes. But man, there is an objective rule here. That if we show this love, people are going to be able to see the difference. Romans uh, 13, verse 10 says, Love worketh no ill to his neighbor, therefore love is the fulfilling of the law. And it, se- it, you know, it, it seems fairly obvious to me that the only way that we can make that difference to somebody is by the love of Christ. Now, Paul has set all of this up to make sure that the reader understands that the next part is going to be effective. Without love, the next part's not going to be effective. You know, I was... Uh, some of the churches that I, I, I grew up around and I grew up in, man, everybody wants to to give you a list of things that you shouldn't do. And I, I remember, I'd never, I'd never even contemplated or seen it like this. And I was talking to a guy one day, and, and you know, I, I was very, very young. Um, and, you know, I was, I was like, man, I'm, I, yeah, I'm saved, man. I can't do this, I can't do this, I can't do that. Well, I didn't realize this, this guy was saved, and he was, uh, he, was a, he was in some form of leadership at his church. And he said, you know, he said, I'm in, I'm in the same boat with you. He said, but it's not that I don't get to do this stuff. He said, I don't have to do this stuff anymore. The way 
the way that all of this works, the way that the gospel goes out, the way that we minister to people, the way that we evangelize people, the way that when people walk through that door that's never been here before, if they don't feel the love of God, they, they're, they're not going to stay. They're going to get up. They may stay here for the service, but the next time they're not going to consider coming back because the love of God is that that makes a difference. Romans 13, 11, and that knowing that the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep for now is our salvation nearer than when we believe the night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Now, what we're going to do, we're going to break this down just to make sure that everything, um, I, was, I was talking to Candace this morning and we were talking about the preaching. I said, I'm, I'm going to kiss it. I had a, a math teacher in middle school told me this, um, Kiss it, keep it simple, stupid. Now, usually they say, keep it simple, stupid. No, my math teacher called me stupid. She said, keep it simple, stupid. And it, man, it, it sounds so weird, but that's what we're going to do, man. We are going to break it down, and we're just going to try to make it as simple as we possibly can. Verse says, and that, even the smallest words have such big meaning, and that, so is understanding that the love is fulfilling the law. And that of the beginning of verse 11 is acknowledging everything that we've already read. Acknowledging that love is the way that the law is fulfilled. Knowing the, time that it, knowing the time that now it is high time to awake. So understanding that the most crucial time to be alert and watchful of the world. 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 1 says, This know also, in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, Boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful and holy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, um, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than the love of God. Man, there's never been a more crucial time as a Christian to be awake and alert to what's going on in the world. There's never been a more crucial time to understand that the things that are going on are not happening just by happenstance. You know, at the verge, it sounded like a conspiracy theorist. If, if you believe the Bible, you believe, if, if you truly believe the Bible, you understand that everything that's going on in the world right now is not just happening by happenstance. Everything that is happening is happening to pull people and pull generations away from God, and it's happening so that one day, even though, you know, even though Satan knows what's coming, even though he knows that there's going to come a day where truly that Christ is going to reign and that every knee is going to bow and every knee is going to confess that he's Lord, he's still going to do everything he can up until that day. That's why, man, I, I have hope and I trust in the Lord that I know things can always get better. But as much as they get better, I know that they're going to get worse because, man, time's dwindling down. One thing that he, he says right here is, for now is our salvation Near than when we believe. So we're closer to Christ coming again now than we were when we first believed in Christ. The night is far spent, but the day or the night is far spent, the day is at hand. First Thessalonians chapter one or chapter five, verse one says, But of the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you, for yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh to the thief in the night. For when they shall say, Peace and safety. Then sudden destruction cometh upon them, and travail as a woman with child, and they shall not escape. Man, he's letting us know 
that at this point in time right now, man, we are closer to the Lord coming back, and this is the time. Right now, this moment, this day, this hour, this second, right now is the time to be awake. Right now is the time to take the blinders off and get rid of the tunnel vision and to see things for how they really are. You know what's really hard? And, and Lee's not here so I can say this. You know what's really hard for your pastor? One thing that's really hard for your pastor is pastoring people that don't believe the Bible. And you say, man, I believe the Bible. Well, if we believe the Bible, our actions are going to be dictated by the Bible. If we love the Bible, Jesus said, if you love me, keep my what? He said, if you love me, keep my commandments. I know, I, I can't tell you how many times or how many hours or how many minutes that, that Lee counsels people and has counseled people. And man, you know what's hard? Counseling people that don't see the Bible as the authority. You know what's hard is, is counseling and teaching and preaching to people that hear what you say and they let it go out the other ear because, yeah, it's cool, we're at church, yeah, I'm going to listen to what you have to say. But once we leave here, man, the Bible stays at church. It's not how it's supposed to be. Man, we are, we are called to live this word. We are called to align ourselves with the word. We're talking about, you know, how things in the world now are, are, have been curated so by powers and principalities and things have been made in such a way to where the, all the world wants you to do, they're going to do everything they can to get you to doubt the truth that's in his word. And, you know, man, that used to be such a crazy thing to me. Like, no, no, they're not. Why, why do they care if I believe the Bible or not? Why would they care if I read this thing or not? You want to know why? Because they're taking away the freedom that Christ has given us. We have freedom in this word to believe it, to act it out, to live it. Man, somewhere on October 1st in other countries, there's somebody that's underground somewhere that has probably a, a copy of the Bible that's multiple different pieces of paper that they've just put together because it's illegal to have it. There's somebody meeting somewhere that they know that any moment somebody could break down the door and they could take them to prison because all they're doing is meeting. It's so important that we understand this is the authority that we live our life by. It's so important that we understand that this book is a living, breathing word, that it's not just words written on a piece of, you know, words written on paper, but it's the legitimate word and breath of God. Amen. Romans 13 says, let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Man, this is simple. Shunning the carnal works of the flesh and walking in the spirit through the new man. You know, we were talking earlier about you can't love until you've been shown the love. You can't love somebody with true love until God's put that true love inside of you. It's the same deal. You're not going to be able to walk in the spirit as long as you're walking in that old man. If you've been, you, you know, for a long time, I've spent, spent a few years, Candace, if you know Candace's testimony, Candace was, got saved later, uh, went to church, you know, just about her whole life, but there was a point later on, in, just a few years ago, when it finally clicked, you can do and do and do and do, but if you're not walking 
in that new man, if that new man is not what is walking in the Spirit, then you're not walking in the Spirit of all. The old man is not going to walk in the Spirit. The old man is going to continue to lust after things of the world. Amen? The old man is going to continue to go after things that our spirit, man, it, it chokes it out, essentially. 1 Thessalonians, going back to chapter 5, verse 6, says, Therefore, let us not sleep, as others do, but let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that be drunken are drunken in the night. Let us, or But let us, who are of the day, be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for an helmet, the hope of salvation. For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, verse 10, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Finish up right here, verse 11 says, Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as ye also do. The whole theme through all of this, from, from, the, beginning of, or from the beginning of verse 8 down to verse 14, cross-reference back over here to 1 Thessalonians, man, the whole point is that we have to be awake and alert to what's going on around us. Romans uh, chapter 13, verse 13 says, Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in riding and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying. The only way that we make a difference is by being different. You know, Lee, just to, to talk about his testimony for a minute, one thing I, I, I think about from time to time is Lee's mentioned that after he got saved, man, some of the guys that he used to, to run with, he'd go back over there and he would, he would do things to try to fit in and, you know, say things that he, he wouldn't normally say, but still just trying to, trying to keep a foot in that door and still trying to have part of this while also having part of this. Man, a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. You cannot lust after the things of these world and want the things of God. There is no fence riding because you're either going to give to one or give to the other. You cannot want the things of these world and also want the things of God. And I think that we all collectively can say and agree how hard that is. We can all agree how hard it is to walk in the Spirit. If, if, if you're saved and you've been born again and... If you're a human being in 2023 and you've been born again and you are actively trying to walk in the Spirit, man, you know how hard it is. You know how hard it is to keep away from the things that, that we ought not be around and how hard it is to not watch the things that you shouldn't watch and how hard it is to not listen to the things that you shouldn't listen to. And as hard as it is and as difficult as it is, as it is at the end of the day, man, the glory of God is what's at stake or what is is what's at stake god getting the glory out of our life is what is missed when we don't walk in the spirit by our actions not fulfilling the the things that's written here by our actions giving in to the things of the world we are we are sacrificing the glory of god in our lives and in that moment you know the the people that the people that i respect the most um, or the people that are the exact opposite of me. Um, as crazy as that sounds, man, if you know me, um, I'm a procrastinator. Uh, I'm lazy. I am the worst person in the world at texting people back um, for work or for personal. Justin said amen right there. If you look at my phone, Justin sent me like 15 texts, and I respond like every other month. Um, in work, in personal life, everything, I'm just, I'm, most of the time, I'm just a disorganized mess. And no matter how I try, you know, I've, I've gotten a lot better, 
But man, I'm, 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 the people that I respect the most are the super organized people or the people that are up well before I get up or the people that are disciplined, the people that, man, have a backbone like a saw log and know that come hell or high water, this is what I'm going to do because this is what I have to do. The people that I respect the most are people that despite confrontation, despite conflict, despite issues, despite what comes up, man, I've got to keep the course because the glory of God is what's at stake. That's the people that I respect the most because I I respect people that can do what has to be done. Um, And I respect them because I'm not always that person. And I, I know how hard and how difficult it is to be that person. Romans 13, 14, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Uh, I believe it's up here, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 25 says, Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be ye angry and sin not, let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Verse 27, neither give place to the devil. You know that kind of to go along with everything that we've been discussing um, one thing that I struggle with, uh, to be transparent with you, as a man, as a husband, as a father, as a leader in my house, is making sure that in the things that we do that I'm not giving place to the devil. Because we know that the devil is slick, right? We know that he's like a, a roaring lion seeking who he can devour. We know that his goal is to see lives ruined. The devil knows that, man, if we're saved, then, then we're saved. That's that. But if he, can, if he can destroy our testimony, if we will listen and if we will fall into sin, man, we will let that sin ruin our life, that's where he, see, that's where he gets pleasure. Say, so how do you know that, man? Look at the story of Job. God offered Job up. said, look, he's the most righteous man there is on earth. Nobody else like him. What did Job do? Man, Job continued to honor God until finally, man, Job threw his hands up. He said, all right, look, these are my questions. I don't get what's going on. Why is this happening, man? In that moment, Job questioned God. Man, that's all Satan cares about. That's what he wants. He knows that if he cannot get your soul, he knows that he can get your life. He knows that the things that that you do, if you're living for the world, he knows that, man, you're not really going to be seeking after the things above. He knows that your treasure's not going to be in heaven, so that's where your heart's not going to be. He knows that if your treasures are here on this earth, and if you are constantly pursuing the things of this earth, that's where your heart's going to be. So I've got just a, a few points right here, and then we're going we're gonna to wrap this puppy up. I don't know why. That, oh, where my thunder was? I'm just kidding. I'm messing with you. Um, thing number one, and, and these, are, these are points that Man, if we are going to fulfill this, if we are going to walk in love and walk in the Spirit, number one thing we can do is to cast off the works of darkness. Romans thirteen twelve says, The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. I got a few more verses here just for the sake of time. I didn't have them on your, your outline, but uh, they should be up on the screen. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 11 says, And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 5 through 7 says, Ye are all the children of light and all the children of day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore let us sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. 
For they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that be drunken are drunken in the night. Man, we are in the world, and we're born in this flesh, we're born in this world, but once we're saved, once we've been born again, we are called out and we're made different. And as simple as this is, man, what we're called to do is we're called just to not give place to it. Look, you're not going to be able to go to work, and you're not going to be able to just forever be around people that, that don't act like they're, they're in the world. It's not going to happen. It's not how life is. It's not the way things are. But you know what we can do? Well, we were talking earlier in Romans 13, 8, that the, the law is fulfilled in love. Man, you can, you can show somebody that there's something different by showing them the love of Christ. You can show somebody that something's different about you and who you are and what's inside of you by keeping a testimony with them and being different. And man, this is such a big deal to me because I remember, you know, after I got saved and, and well before we came to Greater Hope that, I, you know, I, I'm very much still in the world. I was saved, but I was living for the world and, and going to church. I was riding the fence. I was a double-minded man that was very unstable in everything that I did. And I remember... I told the story at the, the, the youth camp. I, I used to work for a company in um, Marietta called ACP. We, they made detail supplies and, and things like that. And I was a, um, for a little while, I ran the, the main store um, because the, the general manager left. Long story short, they hired somebody else to come in. And while they were training him, I was like, man, this is it. This guy has no clue who I am. He doesn't know who I used to be. He doesn't know the things that I do. This is my chance to be something different. This is my chance to show somebody I don't have to be the things that I've always been. Two days into it, man, box that whole deal up. Tell him I'm a Christian, you know, I'm trying to, to share the gospel with him. Next thing you know, he starts telling jokes. I start telling jokes, you know, words start flying and stuff. And then just like that, man, I have ruined the platform that I could share the gospel with this man and show him the love of Christ. Well, a couple months go by, and, and I, I get a better job offer. Me and Candace had just gotten married, and um, I needed to make a little bit more money, so the job offer came up, and I took the job. Well, after I took the job, a couple weeks later, I went back, and um, I'm, I just wanted to stop by to see how everybody was doing. And one of the sales guys, you know, we're talking, and, and he said, hey, man, he said, you hear about Eric? And I was like, oh, I said, I no clue knowing him, how I knew him. I assume, man, he probably got, you know, caught shopping or shoplifting or stealing or something from the company. And he, uh, he said, no, he said, the day that you left, he said he went out to dinner with his fiance. He said he, he, they brought the check to him, and he, he reached back to grab his wallet. And he said when he reached back, he went down to the booth, and he never came back up. Had a heart attack, died instantly right there in the restaurant. And, man, by me not fulfilling the law in love, man, he admitted to me that he wasn't lost. That, that, that first couple of days, man, when I was, I was, before things started going opposite direction, we started talking about things. That <laughs> well, maybe not. We started talk, talking about salvation and stuff, and, man, he's like, yeah, it's never been my bag. I, I grew up Catholic. You know, they wanted me to do this. He said, I'm not saved. I don't want really any part of it, blah, blah, blah. And so one day, man, I'm, I'm going to answer for, for how I acted around him and how my life could not have been, my life was not a picture of Christ. Man, I let those days go by, and I did not show the love of Christ to him. First John chapter 2, verse 8 and 9 says, Again, a new commandment I write unto you, which, 
which thing is true in him and in you because the darkness is past and the true light now shineth with Jesus. Amen. He that saith he is in the light and hateth his brother is in darkness even until now. Number two. Number two is put on the armor of light. Second Corinthians verse six, or chapter six, verse seven, it says, By the word of truth, by the power of God, by the armor of righteousness, on the right hand and one on the left. And on the left. Man, we, we, are, we are called in this. We, we have already acknowledged several times that we cannot do this of ourselves. That there's nothing in ourselves that we can do to please God. That there's none righteous, no, not one. That anything that we do uh, is, is done in the flesh. But we're called to put on the armor of light, to put on the armor of God. Ephesians chapter 6, I'm going to read a few verses right here, starting verse 11 down to 18. It says, Put on the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Verse 14 says, Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all, uh, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and wither unto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Man, it's this armor of God that we're supposed to put on. It's things that we're supposed to gird ourselves with so when we go out into the world, these things protect us against from temptation. But it's a two-way street. It only protects us if we are actually coming and submitting ourselves to the Lord. Colossians chapter 3, verse 10 says, And have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge, after the image of him that created him, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond nor free, but Christ is all, all and in all. Verse 12 says, Put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, longsuffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, also do ye. And above, above all things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts, um, to the which also ye are called to one body, and be thankful. Man, we have been giving away, we have been given away that through walking in the Spirit and by submitting our life to Christ, God has given us things, man, that, are, that can be so crucial and be such a big help to us. And putting on this armor of God um, to fight against this world, to fight against powers and principalities and, and powers of the air, and against rulers of darkness, man, God has given us a way to stand strong and to be firm in what we believe. And we do believe the Word of God. Amen? Final thing right here, number three, is make no provisions for the flesh. You go back over here to um, Romans 13, verse 14. It says, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ to make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Man, I already told you right off the bat, this is something that as a man, as a husband, as a, as a father, as a friend, um, something that I struggle with and that I, I try to take, you know, very seriously because sin comes by temptation. Death comes by sin. You go all the way back to Genesis 3, man, when, when Adam and Eve were in the garden and Satan comes up to Eve. 
if Eve would have said, no, look, this is how we're, this is how this is going to play out. Said, no, we're not going to do that. This is what God has said to do. And if the, she would have resisted, man, things would have been much different. Even today in our life, man, how many times, look, how many times in your life have you done something that you knew that was wrong, but you willingly did it? And after you've done that, how much remorse and sorrow is there because you know you did something that you shouldn't have done? Man, this is a whole nother level because make no provisions for the flesh, man. Give no place to the devil. As a husband and as a father, man, is one of the scariest things to me because, man, I'm accountable for the people that are in my home. I've got a wife and two girls, man, and I'm accountable to the things that they see, the things they watch, the things that they hear, how I lead them. Am I being an effective leader in my home? Am I uh, stewarding my family properly? Am I stewarding my friendships properly? Ephesians chapter 4 verse 22 says that you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man which is corrupt according to deceitful lust. I mean, we have, we have set up that once we are saved and born again, we are now under the new man. The old man is, is done. Verse 23 says, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that ye put on the new man which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Verse 25, wherefore putting away lying, speak every man that with his neighbor... For we are members one of another. 26 says, Be ye angry and sin not, and let not the sun go down upon your wrath. And we come right back to it again. Verse 27 says, Neither give place to the devil. It, I, I, want to, I want to encourage you this morning that if you are in any kind of leadership in any form of your life, if you have children that look up to you, if you have anyone that looks up to you, if, if you are in any form of leadership, man, if there's somebody that watches you, Man, let's do what, what Ephesians 4.27 says, neither give place to the devil. Because it's hard enough in your own life, it's hard enough walking after the Spirit, but man, when you've got somebody that you watch, and you've got somebody that you look up to, and don't get me wrong, man, we're human. We all fail. We all fall short of the glory of God. God knows that. He knows that we're not perfect. But man, how difficult is it when you see somebody that, that you love and you admire and you look up to and what they've done in their life is they've given place to the devil and that's caused, caused animosity in their life, man. And, you, and, and that's hard. Man, that's painful. That is, that, that, is, that is sin winning at what it does. So this morning, um, we're going to pray. Um, Chandler, can you just play like some light music? I didn't realize till last night that, man, normally I play altar call. And Candace plays altar call for me, but Candace is in children's church. So I was like, man, I guess I'm going to get Brother Sean up here and, and, and get him up here on the piano. Um, but I didn't figure that would go over well. So if you can just, if, if, <laughs> if you just want to play some light music, man, we're just, we're just going to pray for a minute. We're just going to get still before the Lord. Um, I know, man, something I, I struggle with for a long time is, man, I'm not Lee, I'm not Dylan, but this word is faithful. Amen. Um, this morning, I want to encourage you that in everything that you do, do it in love because love is what makes a difference. And man, you, you know, for me, just, just who I am as a person and, and the way I look at things and the way I hear things, man, when I first read this, I was like, man, that sounds so cheesy. Like love, like, sounds so hippie-like, man. Love is the only thing that will change somebody. The love of God is the only thing that changed me from who I was. 
the love of God never giving up and always relentlessly coming after me and being like, man, when I walked away and I left and coming back to where he was, he was always right where I left him. Every single time. And you say, well, man, that's just happenstance. No, that's, that is the persistent love of God. And if you are born again and if you, have been, if you have been washed by the blood of Jesus Christ, man, you are called to show that same love to everybody around you. Doesn't matter if you don't like them. Doesn't matter if you can't stand them. Doesn't matter if you say you hate them. Doesn't matter if they get on your nerves. Doesn't matter what they've done to you. Man, if you've been born again, we're called to show that same love to the world. And man, praise the Lord if we do it right, that, that somebody would be saved through that. Amen. We're going to pray and we'll, we'll be dismissed. Let's continue to, to, to pray for Dylan and Tori. Lift them up. Um, in case you haven't already, there is a banner over in the fellowship hall in the TNT room. Um, if you want to sign it, write your name to it, you know, put a message for them on there. We've got to go over to their house tomorrow and pick up a couple things. And we're going to put the banner up in their house um, for whatever point they get to come home. Um, man, continue just to pray um, for them. Continue to pray for uh, Tori and just help her, man, that God would just... God would just touch her and bless her through all this. Um, pray for Dylan. Continue to pray for the doctors and the wisdom there. Um, man, I, I urge you and I beg you to make it a serious matter of prayer. Um, this was said Monday. Um, man, they, there's not men like Dylan just walking around. And I, I mean that with the utmost respect. Men like Dylan are made over a long period of time. And yeah, Dylan, I think he's, I'm about to be 27, I think Dylan's 28, maybe. Um, there's not any more Dylan Browns just walking around. And Dylan, man, is a legitimate soldier for the Lord. I have never met somebody that loves the Word of God like Dylan does, and that believes and trusts the Word of God like Dylan does, and like Tori does. So, man, I want to encourage you, make it a matter of prayer. Um, are we are we still recording? Let's let's go ahead and um, but we good.